In the holy name of Jesus, amen. I don't know about you, but when anyone says to me, now don't worry, the first thing I do is worry. So when Jesus says to the disciples, while he's telling them that he's leaving, to not let their hearts be troubled or to be afraid, we probably can't blame them for having troubled hearts and a little fear. Now, even though Jesus is leaving, he tries to help them by saying that he's going to send a helper, the Holy Spirit, to teach and cause them to remember what he has taught so that they can actually rejoice at his leaving. And we might wonder if the disciples actually can rejoice about Jesus' departure and sending of the Holy Spirit rather than having him just stay there, standing in front of them. Well, when Jesus uses the word spirit, many of us might think of something that cannot be experienced through touch, but rather experiencing the spirit is through emotions or feelings. Having this mind, then, the only way to know if the spirit is present in your life is if you feel different, usually better. The fundamental problem with this sort of experience is that it's an abstraction. It isn't experienced in the concrete like something you can touch or hold. It's a disembodied experience. So, if you feel bad, rather than feeling better, the spirit must not be present. Or at least you doubt if the Spirit is present in your life. Well, when Jesus uses this word spirit, he's up to something more than an abstraction. And when he's up to more, he can honestly say to his disciples that they can rejoice. First, the word for helper that Jesus uses in the Gospel of John is from the Greek word paraclete, which also can be translated into English with words like advocate or comforter. It literally means the one who comes alongside of another. As Jesus came alongside the 12 disciples to teach and guide them, he sends the Holy Spirit also to come alongside the disciples to teach and guide. As Jesus was alongside the disciples so that they could lean on him in trouble and take hold of him for support, Jesus is saying that he will send the Holy Spirit for the same reason. In the of John, we must remember that when Jesus' word comes, his word always comes in the flesh. Jesus' word is a fleshy word, a tangible word, an embodied word. It is concrete, something that you... Now, in the book of Concord... It's what makes Lutherans Lutheran. It echoes John's gospel when it teaches the Holy Spirit comes through these physical means. Actually, there's a phrase used throughout the book of Concord. It is the means of the Holy Spirit, which refers specifically to Christ's word and sacraments. Christ's word being an audible word and the sacraments being the fleshy word. 
By confessing that the Holy Spirit works exclusively through the word and sacraments, our spiritual life now is not grounded in abstraction. Our spiritual life is not disembodied, where emotions and uncertainty thrive, but rather our spiritual life is grounded in the concrete, the tangible, where faith and certainty live. The Holy Spirit as paraclete, as the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the one who comes alongside of us, is the one that actually delivers the presence of Christ in a tangible way so that we can hear, take hold of, and keep. But there's more. When Jesus tells his disciples to not let their hearts be troubled or be afraid, he isn't saying, I know I'm leaving, but it's not going to be that bad. Rather, their hearts don't need to be troubled because when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, his presence doesn't stop on the outside. When we receive the Holy Spirit through Christ's word and sacrament, the Spirit keeps going. It enters our body and lives in us. Where we might think, like the twelve disciples, that we would rather have Jesus standing before us or standing next to us or behind us. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit so that he would actually close even that distance between us. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to close the gap entirely. In holy baptism, the Holy Spirit pours out the overflowing presence of Jesus Christ on us so that we are now joined to his death and resurrection. Next, in holy absolution, the Holy Spirit speaks Christ's word of forgiveness into our ear so that we can actually receive a good conscience in this life. Then in the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Spirit makes the bread and wine Christ's body and blood so that we consume, we bring into us the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Through the means of the Holy Spirit, Jesus delivers his presence, not before us, not next to us, but into us, so that the Holy Spirit would live and have its way within us by helping our hearts, comforting our fears, and advocating for us. Today, Pentecost recognizes that the Holy Spirit is the life of the church, transforming each one of us into the body of Christ that lives out in the world. This is why our hearts do not need to be troubled. Since Jesus Christ poured out his Holy Spirit on his church, we now have places we can run to when we are troubled or afraid in order to actually touch and tangibly receive Christ's peace. Our hearts are no longer troubled because the Holy Spirit dwells in them. That means there's no more room for trouble in our hearts. The Holy Spirit has filled them up entirely with Christ. We carry now then in our bodies Jesus' word and fleshy presence into the world so that the tangible spiritual life of the church would bring the peace of Christ to those 
who are troubled, those who are afraid. So as the gospel reading ends, we listen to Jesus now. Let us rise and go from this place, living life in the Spirit, and bearing the body of Christ to a world that needs it. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.